Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. I caught you right in the middle of a sip of delicious LaCroix. You're not dead. a sponsor of the show. Um, that was gross. We're, uh, once more, we're, um, we're just building our firmament as a the premier ASMR podcast of the horror world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I do have a theory that I'm going to work on once I have money. Is that if you mix lime lime Lacroix with lemon Lacroix, it's just Sprite, but with no sugar. And I think I'm a genius, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, we're here to talk about Hellfest, and I can confidently say that this is either the first or second week of our 2018 horror month. Um, these are episodes we're pre-recording, so we can release them. Have we done a bunch of them? Yes, but this one I'm releasing earlier than the other ones. Um, because it's a more it's a newer film that people oh, might, okay. that might still be in theaters by the time. Okay, we'll see. It has made almost no money because it had almost no advertising. Um, but you never know. Maybe yes. it'll be the sleeper hit of the century. Tasty. Yes, delicious. Okay, so yes, this is I. Uh, we're we're pre-recording these episodes about 2018 current horror films because Sergio is deep in the middle of finals month or At this about point. to start finals month. Yeah. Um, so we're giving him a little break with these episodes. Um, so yeah, no 10 word reviews this week. Here's, no. here's the plot of okay. Hellfest <laughs> on Halloween night, three young women and their respective boyfriends head to Hellfest, a ghoulish traveling carnival that features a labyrinth of rides, games and mazes. They soon face a bloody night of terror when a masked serial killer turns the horror theme park into his own personal playground. So, as always, we're going to rate this movie on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. So, but let's start with scariness. Do you want to hear mine, or should do you want to, do you want to show me yours? Um, three. Um, okay, why? Do, oh, like, is, there, is there a scary moment that really stood out to you on this? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was scary throughout. It had a lot of jump scares. The movie was made for jump scares. It's literally based on the fact that you go to those kinds of events to get scared and be mm-hmm. jumped. Well, not jumped. You don't go to be jumped, but you go to be jump scared there. No, that I mean, that makes perfect sense. And that, that's, this is a movie that actually does um, kind of inherently justify just how many jump scares there are in the movie, uh-huh. um, which is kind it is It's clever. I wouldn't say it's intensely satisfying mm-hmm. but it definitely it, it works better than a lot of like just jack-in-the-box jump scare movies in mm-hmm. a way um and i'm giving this movie a five out of five let me set the scene so a young wo- what go ahead you, you give me a look okay a young woman is in the bathroom dry i guess because she got vomit in her hair and she has to dry it out underneath a hand dryer that is on the ceiling. I don't know how that's what that's supposed to do. Yeah, I didn't know who planned that. Is that a common thing in girls' restrooms? Are they lucky enough that they got that? I don't know. Is it is it for the the workers who come in who are on stilts or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very confusing. But anyway, she like we see while she's drying her hair, the killer reaches out and kind of brushes her hair, and she doesn't really notice. And we're like, oh no, the killer's in the bathroom. So she walks down the row of toilets because she has to pee. 
She opens one stall. It's locked. Uh oh. She opens, goes to the next one. She opens it. And she's like, ew, gross. Clearly something's wrong with this toilet. It is implied. <clears throat> Third try, she goes right on in. She sits down. No toilet seat liner. Straight, flat butt, f- directly on the toilet in a public restroom. No liner, no layer of nothing between her, her body and the infinite germs of the toilet seat. Forget the killer. This woman is going to die because of her decisions on this night. Five out of five. So scary. Um, I would just like to point out that I don't need to see her put a toilet liner on to know that it's there. No, we only see, a truly, we see only, every step of this process. Only the simplest minds would require that. Oh, my God. Would require anyway. that knowledge to be shown in order to know that it's there. Okay, that's rude. Um, and I'm giving this a That's a shout-out to my girl, the female Quixote. She brings that up. Okay. Um, you, you mean your book, The Female Quixote, by your girl, Charlotte Lennox, which yes. you're reading for class. Thank you, Brennan, for pointing that out. Yes. Um, anyway, so I'm actually going to give it a 2 out of 5, which sounds low, but hear me out. This is a slasher movie. So on the curve of slasher movies, this is practically a five out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you said, I, I think there's a lot of reasonably effective jump scares. They're pretty relentless, um, but they're justified. Um, there, is a, there is a nasty streak that this movie has. Um, I mean, how gory it is? I mean, yeah, I mean, there is a surprising amount of gore, which we'll get to. But it's just like... It's mean. The way that the killer kind of brutally attacks these people is pretty ruthless. Yeah. Like, especially in an early sequence. It's so direct. Mm-hmm. And because, like, it's it's a scary, spooky, Universal Horror Nights maze type situation, um, they don't think the killer is real for quite a while. And so this, um, the killer's first victim, who's just this random girl, because, I mean, I guess every, everyone the killer targets is random. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's running through the maze, screaming for help, and people just think she's part of the maze. So the main girl, played by Amy Forsyth, she sees the killer come in with a knife, and she's like, ugh, your target's, like, over there. Like, why are you just staring at me? Go do Uh your job. Well, she's freaked out. That's why. I guess it's her defense mechanism. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, she thinks she's just getting him to continue on with the script of this maze, but she actually pointed out where his victim is, and Mm -hmm. he stabs the girl right in front of her. Mm -hmm. And that, it's it's just, it's it's pretty brutal. It is brutal. And then she realizes that something's not right. But then they're um, all like, yeah, it's fine. But, I mean, then the movie goes on to show somebody just kind of, like, fake die right after that that's scene. That's true. Well, I think it's supposed to justify, like, or just to show that character, like, oh, this kind of thing is happening, so what I saw might not be real. Uh-huh. But, yeah, no, it's just, it, it, it's just, it's pretty nasty. Um, I, would, I will say that scene's undercut a little bit by just the fact that she doesn't really have a reaction to this. She just kind of stares at it. And her face doesn't really change. She's kind of less expressive in that scene than the mask that the killer wears. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. That kind of knocks She down. has more of a reaction than the others do. Because she actually looks at it happening. The others kind of just leave that's out true. of fear. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a whole thing. One thing I will say that did not scare me is that the killer's constantly humming Pop Goes the Weasel. What's mm-hmm. with this? Sergio, explain. I mean, it's just, you know, he's hunting... As the weasel hunts. Isn't that what the lyrics of the song go? <laughs> the most dangerous game, the weasel. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something signature. Let's just know that something's going down. It lets us know that it's him. Because at one point there's multiple hymns. No, I guess it, it is his signature. I wouldn't say it's a particularly effective one. 
Like, anytime he did it, I was like, this is so silly. Like, I know creepy kids' nursery rhymes are kind of a mainstay of horror movies, but this one wasn't doing it for me. Did mm-hmm. it work for you at all? What do you mean, work? Did it creep me out? Yeah. No. But at least I knew it was him. I guess. So, never mind. So, nah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> what's your What's your campiness score? Um, My campiness score, I gave it a two. No, no, no. I didn't think about this before this. you asked me this question. I am shocked by um, that. Three? I give it a three as well. Okay. Honestly, I think I'm giving it a two. So I think for once, I'm a little lower than you. Um, the movie is pretty campy by virtue of the fact that its characters are all dumb teens of indeterminate ages. That was the most confusing thing about this. Like, okay, so they're obviously 21 because they can drink and they take shots. Uh-huh. Um, but they seem like college freshmen coming home for the first time. Yeah. Because they all kind of act like that. And they all act like they're 16. Yeah. It's a mystery. Um, anyway, I, I think we even it to... Um, I do think it's funny how these characters are constantly annoyed by all the scare actors trying to spook them out. Mm-hmm. Like It's like, you came here for these people to do this, and you're just really mad at them for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is... there's. I mean, obviously, Tony Todd has a cameo in this movie, and he always brings this, like, really big personality. He played Mm. Candyman, for those not in the know. But he also plays, like, the evil, not evil, but the creepy mortician in the Final Destination movies. Like, he's a great cameo to get, because he plays it up. Mm -hmm. And there's a part that reminded me of Airplane, um, where the the killer has this, this pretty creepy mask that's like a melted wooden face. And um, there's a part where there's an executioner character for this live show staging a fake beheading. But then the executioner removes the hood and then it has the mask on underneath. And it just reminds me of that scene in Airplane where the guy takes off his sunglasses and there's another pair of sunglasses underneath those. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of redundant. And um, also there's a scene where the girls are running. They're like, oh, I think this is an exit. And they run into what is clearly a maze. That was so dumb of them to do that. Why would they think that was an exit? It's clearly the entrance to the maze. I don't know. They're clearly dumb. Yeah, they're not the smartest. They're not the smartest tools in the shed. They're not that observant. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was another campy thing? Uh, Well, I mean, you mentioned that the kids act 16, and they act just so obnoxious. You want them to die. I definitely wanted... I hate to say this, because I love Bex Taylor-Klaus, who is... She plays one of the characters in this, and she's from the Scream show, but her character in this was the most obnoxious and uh-huh. just written in a way that's so intentionally, aggressively annoying. She's supposed to annoy our main character, but she annoys everyone in the process. Yeah. I mean, not everybody else in the cast. Everybody else is fine with her, but just, you know, she's an off-putting character. She just got the one thing, and she pounds it mercilessly mm-hmm. of, like, I'm horny, and also horny for scares. Uh-huh. She's uh, this is lazy script writing. Oh yeah, I mean, the this um the the script is not the strength of Hellfest. I would say necessarily. What would you say is the strength of Hellfest? I mean the the atmosphere and the kills probably, um, but it, it's just very simple. Um, it 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 paints with a lot of archetypes and a lot of very basic plot measurements, and there's like six human characters in the whole thing. It's very pared down, and and slight okay okay um <laughs> i don't know what to say to that i was like okay i agree with you okay um 
So no, but like, but, but when they run into hell, when they think it's an exit, there is a shot after that of the killer like looking up at the the hell maze and then practically looking at the camera like Bugs Bunny, going like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Gotta kill him now," mm-hmm. which was kind of funny. He almost, I feel like he he would wink if he could. Yeah, if we could have seen behind the mask. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, what's your effect score for this movie? Three. All right. Well, did you have a favorite kill? There's not too many, but there's about two really bloody ones, and then that's it. Uh huh. But is what is there one that like freaked you out the most? Freaked me out. Um, one that I was like, they're not going to show it, but they're going to show it, and I'm going to look away. And that was the uh, the one where he won a prize at the end. Oh, um, you mean, like the one that's like the the test your strength mallow one. Yeah. Yes. Um. That one I liked a lot, too, because it brings in the thematic element of the, like, carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like when the slasher kills are tied in with things that you can find at the place where it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you see his head split open like a Gallagher you melon. You see that explode. This movie is not afraid to show you the things that it's doing to its its sacks of meat. Uh-huh. Um, it makes me feel like it had a really limited budget, though, because there was only, like, two kills that we got that mm-hmm. were really any kind of... That kind of intensity, and then that was a... Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I guess pacing-wise, there should have been more, but do, did you want more blood, personally? Um, personally, no, because I don't really care for gore. Uh-huh. But I was expecting more. Um, you expect more kills from a slasher. We got, what, three or four? I think it's more than that, but like a lot of them are plotty and not like set piece kills like uh-huh. there's the kill in the beginning and i think like a a couple random like crowd people get killed but you're right like there's really only of the main cast there's like three big kills or two, two. big kills and then two, and then that are two just mini off. kills yeah uh-huh. although one kind of has like a setup like she was supposed to die in a more gruesome way but yeah. she had to Excuse me. Leave for plot purposes. Mm, that setup was intense, though, because mm-hmm. it's um, it's the there's a fake guillotine show, but the guillotine does get used on her, but it doesn't full. She's she almost becomes nearly headless Nick, mm-hmm. like it carves a gash across the back of her neck. It, mm-hmm. That also pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Why would they even have a real guillotine at this thing? Wonderful question. Also, why would they have a real axe embedded in the wall that the killer grabs? Uh-huh. And then when the girls are looking for weapons, they're like, all of these are fake rubber weapons. They end up with clubs. Or just Well, we can assume it's clubs. It's just sticks. Yeah, just like sticks. <laughs> um, no, you are right about that. Also, apparently real syringes used as props. Look, I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will bring up the one death that we have. We're spoiling this movie, obviously. Whatever. We spoiled it already. Yeah, it's happened. Um but yeah, there there is a an eyeball trauma sequence that I'm sure wherever he is, Lucio Fulci is looking down upon this movie and smiling. Hmm. Um, he's an Italian director who made Zombie and The Beyond, which we've covered previously on this show. Sounds sacrilegious, so I don't know if he's looking down. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's looking up at this movie and s- smiling a big grin because th- that man has a vendetta against eyeballs. But yeah, it's this kid gets stabbed in the eye with a syringe and you see all of it. Mm-hmm. Like as as a gorehound, it was, it was pretty cool and pretty intense, but it's also much more brutal than I would have expected because this 
from all the advertisements and just the the glossiness of it seemed very much like it would be a PG-13 slasher. Mm-hmm. And for most of it, it feels like Was that. it rated PG-13? No, it wasn't. Oh. But it seemed like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like glossy stars from like teen shows and things like that. But it really goes for it in at least those two kills. Mm-hmm. So it definitely earns that three. Although I do wish there were more, both for pacing reasons and for like just kind of fully committing to it. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty intense. Um, what what would you give it overall as a quality score? My overall quality score is going to be a two. Okay. Um, so even though you like kind of sort of enjoyed it, didn't really float your boat? No. Um, I had higher hopes for it. Uh, I think the structural problems with the script that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. uh, really detracted from me from the overall enjoyableness of this movie. Uh, the characters were boring. We were kind of ex- we just were given these characters and kind of told to like them and to feel for them. And we like uh, we talked about this already. Like well, after we initially saw the movie, that none of them were likable. So you really didn't really care what happened to them. Yeah, and and even the main character, who's not she's not odious like mm-hmm. a lot of her friends, mm-hmm. but but she keeps dropping these lines about like, oh, sorry, I've been so flaky lately. I've just been stressed out with school and studying and work. And it's like, one, what is your job? We don't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. And two, like, I was waiting for her to have, like, an emotional moment and reveal, like, how school has been going and why Uh she's been flaking. Mm -hmm. And, like, presumably something terrible happened or, like, she got hooked on Adderall or, like, she had a, I don't know, I don't know, just something bad. Mm -hmm. But it just never comes up. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing. I don't know if I even needed that. I just needed more of a reason than, oh, it's, you know, I'm back for one night only in my hometown. And we need to do something, and so we're going to do this, and then that's it. It's just all spur of the moment, and we're supposed to assume that these people are going to get along based on that. Like maybe it's, maybe there are other teenagers who are more amiable and can get along easily like that. Uh-huh. I'm not that way. I need more story to believe that these random group of people are going to be able to get along. No, on I, a random night. I, I I completely agree with you. Like I said, I mean this. Um this movie is just very thin in most of its construction. But one thing, though, like even though, I, as I said in my letterbox review, I would not want to go to an actual theme park with any of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did actually like the chemistry between the main girl, whose name is Nat? Maybe. Who knows? It's a mystery. Um, Diana. And the guy that all of her friends are really aggressively trying to hook her up with. Which, I mean... That this is a thing that teenagers do, even though they're probably not teenagers. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. I hated them for this. Mm-hmm. They're constantly like air humping at them. It's just it's so immature, especially if you're actually trying to set people up. That's not the way to do. It. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're not human beings. They're fake and they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually genuinely did like the chemistry between the kind of main couple. Um, they have a really nice moment in a photo booth. They just have a, a lot of. Uh, like fun repartee and then that dude gets ganked immediately he's the first kill mm-hmm. which was also surprising to me i thought of like, the main cast yes you're right um but he and he got like that bloody head exploding death and i was pretty shocked by that just structurally because usually the love interest at least lives till the third act mm-hmm. so he can die tragically in front of the girl mm-hmm. and so that just went a direction i wasn't expecting mm-hmm. and i did like what they had together um. Yeah. No. I mean, it's just it's a it's a small movie. I I I am giving it a three out of five, 
just because look i got i gotta represent a theatrical slasher movie with some surprisingly good kills like i had a pretty fun time watching this movie Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot to it which is why this episode's gonna be so short yeah um would you recommend it to people to watch (sighs) if you're a fan of slashers i think it'll scratch an itch um but it's like um if you really want if you really want like gourmet pizza i'm gonna reference a chain that probably won't make sense to anyone except for if you're from long beach but there's a place called bonos and they have this delicious pizza and it's so good and they also give you um is it bruschetta yeah and you can scrape all the tomatoes off and the bread's still pretty good um (laughs) but yeah so it's like you've been wanting bonos and you haven't had it for 10 years because it's just been a bunch of conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, okay, I lost I lost control <laughs> of my of my metaphor. Uh-huh. Um so you don't get bonos, but you get Pizza Hut and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it, it it satisfies what you've been craving mm-hmm. in a way, even though it's not exactly what you've been looking for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't mind that. Um, I was expecting it to be a whitewashed teeny bopper slasher, and I got a teeny bopper slasher that was I don't know red washed with some blood. So I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I can I can live with this. Yeah. And for me, a movie is based entirely on its characters, and like I've stated mm, multiple right. times, if you don't like them, you're not going to enjoy the movie. You're right. Yeah, I don't have the like bloodlust for gore the way that the your bl- people do. The bloodlust or the love of the slasher formula. <laughs> Um, so she wasn't that interesting of a final girl. No, absolutely not. Like I was hoping that, oh, there was going to be kind of maybe some like subversive thing with her and her best friend. Like they were going to be the final lesbians or whatever. Um, but they were like, they were the final girls, but even then it was just mostly her exercising Mm -hmm. her agency and her friend just being kind of useless. Her friend was useless. I did like the friend though. No, I thought they were good. Uh I forgot to look her up because I was like, oh, I was kind of taken with her. I mean, maybe I can look her up right now, and then that'll be the end of this episode. Um, yeah. Us talking about the Friends filmography? I don't know. Maybe she... I don't know. This movie has a lot of very young people who are kind of at the beginning of their careers. Oh, she's on that new MacGyver show, so that's something. That We have MacGyver again? Yeah. Um, Lucas Till is MacGyver. Who the hell's Lucas Till? He's that guy who's in a bunch of stuff. He played... Um, um, Cyclops' so. brother in the new X-Men movies. Oh, okay. Um, and he was in Monster Trucks, the best movie of 2016. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that's, that's about going to do it for Hellfest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're in Team Brens, which is me, well, that's, that's, I've never called myself that on the podcast. Ignore that. That didn't happen. You've never called yourself that ever. No, I haven't. How did that happen? If you're Team Brennan, vote for me. Call one eight hundred American Idol. Um, anyway, another show that's been canceled and brought back. So true. Are there any TV shows anymore, or is it just the specters of old things we used to watch? <laughs> um, yeah, you can you can find us on Twitter at Scream One Hundred One Pod, on Facebook at Scream One Hundred One Podcast, email us at Scream One Hundred One Podcast at gmail dot com. Subscribe, rate, and review, and give us five stars. Um, watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Please do. Um, and I will make no promises about what we're reviewing next week because I've we tried sure as hell everything don't know. so out of order. It's so bizarre. It's going to be a movie, and we'll see you next week. And until then, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Contact Peace. Team Brands. Oh, God. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. 
It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. He, in fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out into a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was, that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.